So it is our Summer Refreshed podcast. This is Johnny without my co-host Graham. We do lots of bonus drops every now and then and I'm very pleased to be joined by Liam. Now I've been emailing Liam since around about March because he has come in possession of something that I was obsessed with as a kid. Now if I said G-I BBC, it might not mean a lot unless you think of hot air balloons. Now, often, Liam, I get told that I have lots of hot air, and on this occasion, <laughs> I can actually get away with it because Liam is part of the Bristol Balloon Collectors. Now, these guys, you can have a look, have got loads of hot air balloons in their collection, and they've come to one which was an icon of BBC One for the best part of five years, from the late 90s to 2002. It was the BBC One hot air balloon, which was the globe flying over loads of locations, Blackpool Tower, the O2, Snowdon in Wales, the Fourth Bridge in Scotland, Folkestone Docks, the name but a few. Now, Liam, before we get into that, just touching on hot air balloons in general, were you even old enough, Liam, to remember this? So I was born in 2000. The envelope was built in 1998, I believe. <laughs> I remember growing up on this. There will be other people listening who, like you, Liam, might not know what it was. So basically, it was the ident what would just go before the introduction of the shows. And the BBC had always used the globe since its incarnation, really, since BBC One began, kind of after the globe and the hot air balloon. It kind of went into sort of a different outlook and rhythm and movement, idents and things like that. But it was so well loved, this BBC One hot air balloon. And it was real. It did fly in loads of locations all over the UK and I think I was obsessed with this growing up because it just opened up a world where you go oh my god that's quite cool something is over Blackpool Tower or I've never seen the fourth bridge until I moved to Scotland last year but you kind of go wow it flew over that so is it quite cool to have that in your garage in a secret location Definitely. somewhere in Bristol then? the amount of publicity that's come from it the amount of people that says oh brilliant you've got it like you've said everyone loves it is there a handful of people in the Bristol Balloon Collectors? Is it you and is there a guy yeah, called Dan, Dan as brother. well? Is that, um, is that right? We've got a few handful of people who are, I suppose you call them volunteers, but that's our friends. They help us crew, help us move stuff about. So are you all sort of trained pilots then for hot air balloons, Liam? Are you able to actually... I know the BBC One balloon's a little bit different yeah. because you've got permission to inflate it but not necessarily fly it. But the others in your collection, are you able just to sort of take them out? We love to go out and inflate them. The round balloons, the shapes, whatever. We see a chance, we'll go do it. So give us a bit of background. What in terms of, and you can see this on the website, how many different shapes have you got? Is it different to fly one what maybe looks like a Duracell battery than, say, a standard balloon? What are the restraints and difficulties behind various shapes? From what I know, I think there are two different types of shapes. You can have one with a standard parachute like a round balloon would have, which is probably a bit easier to fly. Or you get shapes which have a thing called dump valves, and rip panels. So once you pull them, that's it. The flight's over pretty much. So you don't want to be pulling that at 3,000 feet or 2,000 feet, whatever. So they're more difficult to fly. So in terms of how high does actually like a standard hot air balloon go then, Liam, in terms of feet, how high can it go before it gets a little oh, bit dangerous, yeah, shall we say? quite high. It all, all depends with what, like for instance, Bristol, you've got to speak to the airport to go certain heights. But I think our ceiling's 2,000 feet normally before you talk to them. Did he kind of go in the direction that you always want them to go? Or when you actually see these clips of the little short eye dents, are you quite impressed for the fact that how that pilot managed to 
and I know obviously it could have taken a load of different takes and it took about six months to film them all. But are you quite impressed thinking also you've got a helicopter close by creating its own kind of wind around the hot air balloon? Are you quite impressed when you've watched these back? Yeah, they are really cool. But I'd, I'd imagine the team who went up would have went with a plan. They would have checked the weather every single day. And obviously when they found the perfect day to do it, they would have gone for it. So what are the perfect flying conditions, Liam? What are the things you look well, for you before you jump clouds. into the basket? <laughs> High winds. So you want perfect <laughs> ground conditions, wind. You want it to be, well, it's nicer if it's sunny. You want to make sure there's no horrible clouds about. So I've never done it, and I'll be honest, I'm not the best with heights, but I really, really want to do a hot air balloon flight. And the only things I ever know is the fact that you have a car which follows yeah. it. Am I right in saying that? So when it lands, you're not too far away from being able to roll it back up yeah. and put it in the back of the transit van and drive off before the farmer <laughs> wonders why you've crashed into his field. Um, is it really peaceful when you're up there? So when you fly, you can hear literally people, animals, the traffic. But it's really light and it's a nice sense of flying over, especially a city like Bristol as well. It's lovely. When you land, Liam, is it kind of a myth that you've really got to cling onto the basket and is it always just going to kind of tip over to one side and you have to scramble out or is that just sort of a bad landing? <laughs> it all depends on how fast the wind is. Like one flight, you could go two to three knots. It'll just slightly touch the surface and it'll just stop. Some you get faster landings where you drag across the field and obviously go sideways, which is a bit more exciting. <laughs> How did you? Get, is that what you want? You want you want a crash landing, <laughs> Liam? How did you and your brothers and everyone get into it? Then what was the background in actually with the fascination of hot well, air balloons? Can't really remember when it started. To be fair, I just always remember balloons flying over my house growing up, and obviously I've always been interested. Even when I got old enough, I was, I was about twelve years old, I think actually. I used to jump on my bike after school, head down to Ashton Court, watch the balloons, and it wasn't until about when I was fourteen I was really desperate for an old balloon for some reason. I don't know why to this day. But yeah, I managed to get one, and then I used to just sit in my garage doing nothing. And then a few more years down, a good friend of ours said, oh, i got some free balloons if you like them. Took them on, then I saw other people collect old balloons, so I thought, let's give it a, give it a good old go. To buy an old hot air balloon then, Liam, just the envelope, is it expensive, or can you pick one of these up quite cheaply on eBay? <laughs> well, they're normally donated, because we're, like, we're kind of a charitable cause in ballooning. So yeah, we give these balloons a second life. When you got the BBC One balloon, which is probably one of the most famous balloons in the world, unless you count sort of the ones where yeah. people have tried to fly around the world. In terms of a standard hot air balloon, since it finished on BBC One in 2002, it was passed around a couple of different people. What was the occasion for you to get it? Was it just a text message saying, I've got this one, do you fancy it? Were you like, oh my God, yes? Where's it been? How did you come about? literally getting the BBC One balloon in your carriage. It ended up with a ballooning friend of ours just north of Bristol and then he um, he actually rang my brother up and he my brother didn't actually answer the court first so I'm glad he did but originally he rang up to say do you want the Thomas balloon not the special shaped Thomas to tank. As we went up there to collect um, Thomas he goes oh I've got another balloon if you'd like to take it on on loan. It was the BBC Globe. So how did your friend manage to get it? Is it just literally just yeah. been passed around from collector to collector over the years? I think it's mainly storage issues. So when people ain't got the space for it, they um, pass it on to other people. 
This was making national news in every national newspaper from the Times to obviously yeah. the BBC covered it themselves on BBC Breakfast. John Kay, one of the presenters, actually was at the final flight, the last one in 2002. He shared a clip and said it's excellent news. It is an icon and it's an icon of a certain age. And it was something, like I said, which genuinely I thought not only the way it looked, brilliant colour of red and orange, which yeah. obviously stood out against the backdrop of primarily green yeah. and blue, which was lovely. The music which went alongside it, the guys behind it, Lambrin Nan, who created everything. He also created the iconic BBC Two logo before that changed a couple of years ago. It was just a beautiful piece of television and something which was a real exercise from a marketing point of view of how to brand something. I don't think anything has matched that since all over the world. And this was on BBC America as well for a couple of years and it lasted over there a little bit longer than when it got pulled over here. In terms of how it's obviously been made and how the envelope, and I'm learning these particular phrases here, so the envelope is the actual balloon, isn't it, that you inflate. Is it in good shape? You know, is this, could it take to the air if, if it wanted to, I guess? I'm not 100% sure, although we've been putting it through some restoration work last weekend. It was a long weekend, but it looks much better now. So was it quite, I don't know, almost sort of, weirdly emotional when it was all laid out for the first time it's quite strange to see because i think the earliest memory i've got of it I was two years old so and obviously it's gone missing since pretty much later on this week in it is the midlands earth festival taking place and that is a chance to see the bbc one balloon in all its glory inflated is it ready to go i know you said you've done the restoration work is it ready for everyone to get many a photo and Probably the odd tier two. <laughs> yeah, it's all ready to go. We just got to order the weather so that we can inflate it for everyone. This festival is on it. Am I right in saying it's the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of June? Is it a couple of days in June? And then after that, the Bristol Balloon Festival. That's kind of the iconic festival, isn't it? So that takes place every year. How many star attractions are going to be at the Bristol one? And, and I take it the BBC One balloon is there. Is it a Northampton show? Have you got it on every show you, you've got weather permitting this year? So far, the Globe's probably lined up for four or five events, which Bristol's one of them, Northampton's one of them. Two more to be announced after, and Midlands. So yeah, two more to be announced after that. And if anyone is listening to this and is coming to one later on this year in Bristol or Northampton or other ones which are on the calendar, can you get really up close? Could you could you go in the basket, Liam, or is it just a case of there's a little bit of a sort of, you know, safety zone around the, yeah. the basket, but you can get relatively close? Or The closer you can get it up to the barrier, and hopefully we're close to the crowd line, so you can be up and close and personal to it. In terms of obviously how big this thing is, Liam, if it was laid out on a football pitch for the sake of argument, if you imagine from the centre circle to the penalty box is it that big or, or are these things because i've obviously i've never really seen a hot air balloon without it being inflated and you only ever see them in the air and they look massive when they're flying over a particular area um, and particularly yeah. where i used to live more so now than, <laughs> than in the middle of edinburgh i remember one growing up i kid you not probably early 90s when we didn't have a satellite dish you yeah. had a aerial on the roof and the TV went off one summer's evening, about eight o'clock, and we didn't know what was going on. My dad and I went outside, literally on the street where we lived, in a little cul-de-sac. There was a little bit of a grassy kind of verge, nothing major, but it was big enough to land a hot air balloon in. We didn't have a clue, walked outside, and we just seen this hot air balloon just very, very low. It had taken out our aerial, 
taken out our neighbour's aerial because it was the flight path. It was us, then them, and then landed. And it was like, that was absolutely amazing. Everybody stopped on one of the major zones in and out the town we were in. Is there a limit to the size of them? Is the BBC One balloon quite small? It's all dependent on what the customer wants when it comes to the size of balloons. Uh, I'm not actually, I think the globe might be a 105,000 cubic foot envelope, but I'm not 100% sure with that one. But there is balloons more out abroad, which are as big as 600,000 cubic feet. It's all dependent on what you want. The collecting side of it, Liam, how many, including obviously the star yeah. attraction that for now is the BBC One balloon, how many are in your collection? Because I've had a look on the website, just ones which were yeah. previous collections, which have obviously been donated to others. But right now, in a locker, how many could you inflate if you wanted to? <laughs> I think as a guesstimate, because I'm not exactly sure how many we got, because it's just got out of control now. I think there's around 70. <laughs> oh, my God. And how old's the oldest one? We've got one from the Queen Silver Jubilee, 1977. It doesn't look very good anymore. It's another iconic balloon that's in the collection. Is the BBC One globe in quite good shape then? Were you surprised, considering? Yeah, yeah. I reckon, yeah, it'd be fine. It looks lovely, actually. So in terms of, um, it is mad how we're talking about a hot air balloon, like it's someone we're going out with. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just, how much repair did it take? Have you got to almost try and match the fabric to a degree? You know, you've got to try and match the colours as best you can, or can you sort of spray paint it to not make it look like there's a massive white patch in the middle of Australia, for the sake of argument, on the BBC Globe? So what we did was we researched some paints that would work on the nylon, which wouldn't damage it, and we came to a conclusion that I think it was like barge paint that paints boats, which is flexible waterproof paint. So we got all the clouds that flaked on the envelope, we've repainted. So around the bottom, people will see when we inflate it, we've painted the whole bottom. So there is some clouds on the side of the crack, but we've done our best with the majority of it. And in terms of the BBC, they've been, by the sound of it, extremely accommodating. How did you approach them? Was it you? Was it your brother? Was it just a little email to a journalist? Or how did you sort of speak to those guys? It's mad for the fact that this has been passed around for years since it was off the air in 2002, but no one's really got it to the point that you've got it to be inflated again? Was it a bit of luck or was it a bit of persistence or a bit of both? It was a bit of luck actually because a guy called Mark Lockwood, he used to run Virgin Airship Balloon Company. So he designed the envelope and he used to operate it. So he found out, because it was meant to be a big secret that we had it, he found out we had it. So he in contact with the guys at BBC and then they're like, yeah, we'd love to get it out again. So yeah, from there, stemmed to where we are now. Would you like to see it back on BBC One in between all the programmes, Liam? Would you think that would be the ultimate goal for you and anyone else listening now who's got this in the heart and very close to them from back in the day? Would you like to see it again? If they wanted tethered blue nidents, then they could do whatever they like with it. (laughs) Would you have to give it back, though? Would you be like, no, I don't want to give it away, no. It's a real national treasure, and it's something which, even when I see the fourth bridge now, I can see that balloon ident going in between, and I know you would have watched all the clips, there were some absolutely beautifully shot balloon masterpieces, and I don't know how much you would know, but Martin Lambrin-Narn, his name, I probably haven't done it any justice pronouncing it, because it's not the easiest to say, especially when you're dyslexic like me, but he designed so much, including the iconic Channel 4 logo, which is still on screen now, so from a TV ident point of view, this man was an absolute legend, he passed away a couple of years ago, sadly, and it's real shame 
that he won't be able to see it again because uh, that was a real vision. I really hope when BBC One celebrates its 100th year, I know the BBC have not long celebrated its centenary, but when BBC One reaches that milestone, I think they should well either A, film a new one or at least rehash some of the old ones. And it's amazing because you look at the fourth bridge ident and there was only two bridges built when that was actually on. Now there's three bridges. Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to speak to you. Are we going to see this on the telly or the BBC book to come down at anything? I imagine they'll be there with one of their cameras. Yeah, well, if you're um, upright and early on the Friday morning of the Midlands Festival, you may see it live on there. It's also worth having a look at your website. So Bristol Balloon Collectors, if you go onto Google and type in Bristol Balloon Collectors, you'll see your amazing website. And are you guys on social media, Liam? Instagram, Facebook, how can we find you? Yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Type in Bristol Balloon Collectors. You'll see that our famous Bristol Balloon has the profile picture and that's us even though it hasn't been on the screen primarily since 2002. been really nice that it's still got a lot of love and it's been lovely to chat to you, Liam. Enjoy. And the next time I'm in Bristol, believe you me, I'll be messaging you to have a little look in the garage if you still got it. Don't give it away for a couple of years before I get my hands on it in person, all right? <laughs> Thank you, Liam. No worries. Thanks for having me. This is Summer Refreshed.